Welcome to Fearless Mom. We are so excited. Today we have a special guest. We just started the series, Family is Funny. One of the grandest understatements of the year. Just God's design that a man and a woman from two different homes would come together and then give birth to these children. And anyone who has more than one kid knows they come with their own personalities, their own gifts and talents, their own strengths and weaknesses. And if you have an SWB, they come with a mind of their own and we celebrate that. Come on, anybody else got an SWB out there? You got a strong will blessing? Come on now. It's a gift, it's a gift, it's a gift. Sometimes you guys tell yourself that in the middle of the tantrum. But we are so excited because today we're gonna talk about our relationships with our in-laws and with our parents as we enter into the holidays. Some of you know that it can be. Maybe you have friends who struggle with some of those relationships during the holidays. And we want at Fearless Mom to give you some tools to help you help your friends to manage that relationship and to make it everything that it can be. Again, in Fearless Mom, we embrace our responsibility and we do what we can to make the relationship as great as it can possibly be. And today we have a licensed professional in the house. Um, So Dr. Nicole Fitzpatrick, she is the director of the Hyde Park Counseling Center. She is a psychologist and she is amazing. She also is a mother and a wife and she navigates everything that we navigate. So she will speak not only from her experience, but with her training. And we are so fortunate to have her with us today. So I'm gonna ask you, oh, you guys, I totally almost forgot. Let's welcome in our online moms. Oh my gosh. If you are watching or listening, we're glad that technology has connected us today, and we want to remind you that you are not alone. You may be watching or listening by yourself, but we are standing alongside you. We are cheering you on, and remember, we don't know what we're doing either. So welcome to the club, but we're figuring it out together. So now, guys, will you stand to your feet and welcome Dr. Nicole to the stage. Our very own Dr. Phil. That's right. Thank you so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. Am I on? Am I on? Okay. Ah, good morning. It's a privilege to be with y'all. This is such a blessing. And um, I just love this group. Every one of y'all, if I don't know you personally, I, I want to. And so, um, in-laws, we're going to talk about family of origin, your foo. Family of origin. Okay? This is a time to really get quiet with God and really reevaluate, revisit, reflect on what God has for you this holiday season. You don't have to go into this one the way you did last one. You don't have to go into today the way you did yesterday. God's mercies are new every morning. And so I hope that this time will be encouraging, not just as we talk about in-laws and family of origin, but really as we talk about relationships. Relationship with God vertically, so that therefore we can have relationships with one another. Let's pray. Father God, we come in the name of Jesus, thankful that we can for access through Jesus Christ. God, we thank you that you've given us everything we need for life and godliness. So as we journey together today, Get me out of the way, hide me behind the shadow of your wings, and that you would be um, just an encouraging presence and force in our lives and bring a message through me today. Thank you for providing these wonderful women here in this audience and those that are online. We'll give you the glory for all the work that you have in store and the blessings that will abound. In your name we pray, 
Amen. All right, so the reality is these relationships with our in-laws and our family really can positively or negatively affect your marriage, your view of yourself, your view of your parenting, and really the quality of those relationships. Let me just get a little bit of a sense of where we're at here. How many people here have been married five years? Five years? All right. Keep those hands up, guys. We're going to keep working out here. Ten years. All right. All right. Keep them up. Get that stretch in. Get a little tricep work. Okay. Fifteen. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to go 18. Okay. Sorry about that. 17 right there. 17. I wanted, always wanted to be an auctioneer. So here we go. Okay. 20. Who's going to give me 20? All right. We've got our mentor moms. We've got Miss Julie in the house. We've got 25. Got 25. Who's going to give me 30? Oh! Who's going to give me 35? Oh! We got one, two, three, four. Who's going to give me 40? Oh! Oh, wow, we're going. Oh, we got one back here. All right, who's going to give me 42? Oh, 45. Oh, all right. Is anybody going to give me 50? All right, so 40, 47 years of marriage. 45, Let, praise the Lord. Yes. That's what this is about, y'all. This is about connection, encouraging, equipping these marriages, these mentors, online moms. This is a time to grow in grace together. So that means you have had a ton of Thanksgivings, a ton of Christmases. I've lost count. My son's doing that abacus math. He could probably do it quicker than me. But like a lot, a lot, a lot, like over like 500 holidays and celebrations, and you're living to tell. Praise God. The secret is grace, God's grace, made perfect in our weakness. When we talk about in-laws, it's a really important time that you don't allow the enemy who wants to seek, kill, and destroy bring discouragement, bring disillusionment. Well, you don't know my family. You don't know what I've gone through. My family really is crazy. I've heard that so many times. And you know what? We all have imperfections. We all have junk. We all have stuff. But when we can accept one another for who we are and have insight into how God has created us and our others, that will allow us to be content in and through all things. And so really think for you as we face these holidays, what do you want to make sure you don't do this year? Kill. Start with that. What? Okay, kill someone, online moms. Of course, we know that that's not true, and we'll talk after about that, okay? We'll have a one-on-one. -on -one. I'll meet you in the, in the green room. But seriously, we have those feelings, right? Feelings are indicators. They're not actualizers, okay? Unless we give them that power, right? God, because of free will, okay? We can choose to actualize and act on our feelings, but we don't have to, right? Just like a thought, a thought in itself, and I have the privilege of meeting with so many folks, and I love that because I can really encourage them and equip them in the word of God. A thought isn't sin. It's what you do with it. What does scripture say? Take your thoughts captive to the lordship of Christ, right? Casting down imaginations. So the thought, the feeling, it's not sin. It's what do you do with that? Is it an indicator or are you going to actualize that? 
You're not really gonna do that. We know you and you're fun and that's funny. But one of the things that you need to think about is why am I having this feeling? What's behind that? Is there resentment, bitterness, heartache, heartbreak, betrayal? Are there areas in your relationships with your in-laws or your own family of origin where the Holy Spirit needs to come and minister forgiveness? Forgiveness is freedom. Freedom to love, to be protected by God and therefore enter a relationship with someone else. And sometimes, honestly, the holidays, they create expectations, right? Who in here likes Hallmark movies? Okay, all right. If you're not saying you do, you like them and you burned out on them, okay? <laughs> you're like, I'm done, you're in between. But one of the things is it creates illusions, right? It creates expectations. I want that fireplace, I want that mantle, I want those decorations. I wanna get home from looking for a Christmas tree and like have great makeup and like still be ready to make some hot cocoa, you know? No, like that's not reality. But in that, it creates these illusions of how we need to be, how we should be, right? And that's where the enemy, again, who wants to see, kill, destroy, steals our joy and takes us out of what is and leads us to what if. What if I could do that? What if only my husband was more engaged? What if his mother was more engaged? What if my mother was? All of the things that rob us of being present and in the moment and enjoying what is. So I hope more than anything we talk about, because we're gonna go into some in-law profiles, and those are gonna be funny and fun and hard all at the same time. But as we do that, no matter who your in-law is, who your mother is, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, know that God wants to just allow you to be content with what is as we struggle with all of these dynamics. One interesting thing as I approached this talk, I had these notes because I love talking about family dynamics and I had them all prepared, they're all nicely typed. And then God delivered the holy download of these notes <laughs> last night. Anyone who knows me knows I have horrible handwriting. My assistant, Suzette, will testify. But really what he showed with me, showed me a couple nights ago was just the ends of in-laws. We're gonna talk about this. If you have some paper, I see some people that are note takers. And if not, just let this wash over you. So these are some of the profiles of in-laws, okay? The investigator, investigator. What do you think about that person? Maybe online you're thinking about what that might be with your relational dynamics. Maybe it's your mother-in-law, maybe it's a sister-in-law. I have a sister-in-law who's an investigator, okay? Constant questions, right? How's it going? How are you? How are the kids? How was the swim meet? How was the pumpkin patch? How was the photo shoot? You guys got your Christmas cards done yet? You know, all these questions that really keep from saying anything about herself, right? It's like, I'm just gonna deflect, 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 and investigate your life so I don't have to tell you anything about mine, okay? That dynamic kind of gets old after a while, right? How do you feel in that? And I love my sister-in-law. We have a great relationship. But she'd rather be asking the questions than being asked, right? And you may have someone in your family like that. You may be that person, that's okay. Embrace, you're an investigator. What do I do for a living? I ask questions, okay? I'm an investigator, someone might put me in this category, okay? I'll deal with them later on that, you know, and be like, God made me this way, you know? But knowing that, that balance between investigator and intruder, right? 
When investigation becomes intrusive, I've got a problem. Someone's not feeling connected. You know, when you investigate and you really want to have a heart to understand and know, think about that. That's why counseling works. People feel heard, understood. You connect. But when it starts to feel intrusive, we've crossed a line. We've crossed a boundary. No longer feels safe. Doesn't feel grace. Feels like condemnation, criticism, possibly shame. And so realize that balance. If you have someone in your life, or you may be, again, as we look at relationships, we wanna always do that filter with Jesus about what does this say about me, Lord? Investigator versus intrusive. Thinking about that, it's a fine line and a balance. Um, especially when you're meeting for an event or an occasion, right? What are the first things we do? How are you? You look so cute. Hi, hi. And you've done that like five or six times with five or six people coming in. What next? I think sometimes we don't want to get caught in just keeping it shallow, keeping it really not deep. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, that tastes so good. I need that recipe. That was awesome. But really getting beyond all of the practicals to the purposeful. Okay? How do we move with an investigator in our families, or if you're an investigative personality, from practicals to purposeful? Think about that. I like to talk with people about the different levels of information, and if you've ever met with me, if you know this, uh, we talk about this, and if you haven't, I'll be happy to share it with you at a platform like this. But the levels of information, think about a level one or two, hi, how are you, your name, some brief details about yourself, as we journey together, I'm married to John David, I'm the mother of Hudson and Caden. Um, I like to exercise, I'm a Pilates girl when I can and I have time. Um, level three, four, I have anxiety, I'm living well with anxiety. Level five, I had a panic attack when I was doing my residency, which landed me having a CAT scan and MRI, to only to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. So those are level fives, about me. And so you need to think about your level one, two, three, four, five. And relationally thinking about what is my relationship with my in-laws? I think a lot of times when we have holidays and gatherings and times like this, we can walk away feeling really confused. Like what just happened? <laughs> um, I don't want that to happen again, but we don't really learn from it. We wanna just put it on the shelf, like when we take away the Halloween decorations and we just leave the fall pretties out, right? Like, we put it in a box, and then we wait for the next holiday to bring it out. Well, what happens there, ladies? What happens there? We've never dealt with it, we've just put it away. And then it comes back to visit again, and that's the good news I wanna encourage and equip you with. Don't just put it on the shelf. Understand that confusion, that awkwardness in a relationship is an invitation to investigate. Back to the investigator, okay? A lot of times we just label relationships or what we don't like about them, but we don't investigate why it's hard, why it's challenging, or how it could be different. So this is an invitation to investigate those relationships if you are living or loving or attempting to like an investigator or an intrusive personality in your life. Now, to take the investigator and the intruder to the third level, this is the third place, the interrogator, okay? 
You think about those movies, right, where the person's under the lights and they're just like, you know, what does the interrogator do? They really just, they want to bring conviction. And a lot of times they want to bring condemnation, okay? What does scripture say about that? Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And if you are in a situation where you have someone who is just an interrogator, this is an opportunity for some boundaries. And we'll talk about that. You know, I was been meeting this time of year definitely stirs up conversations with my people that come and grace my couch about in-laws. And I've been having a lot of those conversations lately. I don't know if that's just divine preparation for such a time as this. But in those conversations, I'm like, it's okay to admit you don't like your mother-in-law. Say it. <laughs> just say it. And I was working with this one lady and she goes, I don't like my, it's okay, mother-in-law, okay, you said it, it's okay, you love her, you respect her, but right now you're in a season of not liking, okay, if you have preteen, adolescent kids out there or online, you have those, that demographic, I can tell you having them, I love my kids like everything, they're everything under God. Do I like them all the time? No, no, and if you're not at that stage where you haven't been not in like, your husband, I love you, I don't like you right now. Say it, you feel it, your actions are conveying 100%, you're not in like right now, okay? Acknowledge it, right? And then we can allow the Holy Spirit to come and change our hearts. But the worst thing we can do is walk around masking that we're in like when we're not. When we recognize that, when we investigate that for ourselves, when we're trying to do our best, we go back to trusting God. God, I know that this person is divinely put in my life. I know you love them, I love them. Help me with my like. And you know what? Once we recognize that, we can structure the relationship where we have boundaries, we have connection, and then we also have times where we're not connected. And guess what? We end up liking them more, right? When you work on that, actually, the feelings follow. It's so interesting. I tell people I'm working with, I tell myself, I tell my kids, by faith first, feelings will follow. What does the scripture say about this? Right now, what do you need? And that's why I love, if you've ever been to my office or we have these online for you, for our online moms, we've put them before and we'll put them up again after our talk today. God, remind me who I am. These are affirmations of who you are in Christ. As I was doing this, I was like, all these ends, in laws, in Christ, investigative, interrogator, intrusive. If I know who I am in Christ, He's given me everything I need for life and godliness. I'm gonna know how to handle my in-laws, right? But I'm gonna approach that, I'm gonna be in that from a position in Christ, not a condition of liking or, um, you know, really appreciating some of the gestures of a family member who's well-meaning and sometimes not. Sometimes people really aren't well-meaning. 
<laughs> That's what I'm realizing, the more life goes on. It's like there's people in our families, we wanna believe the best, but sometimes just people are, people are hardened, hearts are hardened, life is hard. Things are tough. And to have this place, I just wanna encourage everyone here, thank you for showing up. Thank you for tuning in. This is an amazing sacred space where we can encourage each other and to be vulnerable and real about those relationships that are hard. So that we, three days from now, three weeks from now, three months from now, three years from now, 20 years from now, are better rather than bitter, having gone through everything that you guys are all going through right now. And guess what? You showed up. And so did I. And we're better having done that. Back to the ends of in-laws. So we've got the investigator, the interrogator, the intrusive, the initiator. All right, the initiator, the one, hey, what are you doing today? You wanna come, can I come over? Do you want lunch? Do we wanna meet? Do we wanna eat? How about the kids? Can I take the kids? Do you want me to help with the kids? And this could be neutral. It could be positive. It can also be negative. It's interesting, my mom, I came out here for graduate school. First, I thought I was gonna be in and out. That was a, you know, false reality. <laughs> and I was like, I'm heading back to Cali. Going back to Cali, that's a song. Um, but I never got back, okay? That was in 1997, I'm still here, married in Austinite. So like, I don't, my mom, if we initiate, she has to fly in, right? So there's a lot of initiating when she's here because I'm like, you're all in, okay? <laughs> I need mama time, you know, with grandma time. And she's all in and she wants to be. But when you have relational dynamics where maybe your mother-in-law or your mother is very close, um, you can initiate, you know? And you may want to initiate sometimes. And that feels better for you, I'm sure. But when they initiate on you, mm, that can kind of be like, whoa, that's a little too much. And so again, the profile of initiator isn't necessarily a negative thing. It can be a very positive thing. But I often find it kind of fluxes between positive and negative, just depending on the season of life and what's going on in your life. So thinking about the initiator. This is an I am, but um, it still applies. The impulsive in-law, okay? Maybe with behavior maybe with emotional regulation, they're the one, the loose cannon at the table, uh, the master of chaos. You know, you're like, you're just waiting uh, for what they're gonna do to this holiday. You're reminded, I mean, for the 45 over here, the 48, you know what I mean. You've had some of those where you're just like, hmm, what's this you're gonna hold, the impulsivity. It may be behavior, it may be alcohol. You know, the holidays, we get together, um, depending on your family culture, there may be alcohol, there may not be, but of course that can give way to impulsive behavior and you're like, wow, who, who are you? I don't know you. Oh, this is alcohol, so and so, you know? And you can kind of make concessions for that person. Um, it's, it's hard, but you wanna have it be a nice time, right? You want everybody to leave feeling connected and and, and gone with their leftovers, you know, and manage that situation. But the impulsive one, that again, that can be spontaneous, right? Hey, you just finished the meal, let's all go downtown and look at Christmas lights, yay! And you're like, oh, I wanna go to sleep. <laughs> you know, and that person's like, oh, that's, come on! And then you feel the guilt, right? Because you're, you're not spontaneous enough. Come on, just have a good time, this'll be great. And you're like, 
I'm exhausted. And so being willing to understand and appreciate um, those people with poor impulse control in our families. You know, and I love what scripture talks about is the spirit of self-control that God has given us. When you're dealing with someone, and um, this happens quite a bit, that does something that you really don't agree with, you can still have a spirit of self-control in that situation. You can choose how you respond to someone who is impulsive. Now, you can't choose how your autonomic arousal system will react, okay? Those are two different things. We've talked about this before, but I'm going to go over it again because it's really paramount of understanding. The difference between a reaction and a response. Sometimes we can see a person that we're not sure how to connect with. You may even have them in your life that aren't in-laws or your family of origin, just a relationship, a girlfriend, a neighbor, where you just see them and you start to kind of flutter, you know? Anyone here with anxiety? Okay, I'll say I do, okay. You know, you get a silent flutter. You're just, you're not sure why, but you just start fluttering, right? And it's maybe nothing's really wrong, but like it's just an indicator. Right? I talked about feelings being indicators. We don't necessarily have to actualize them. But in that moment, choosing to ask Father, ask the Lord in Christ to impart a spirit of self-control. In that moment, to allow you to respond rather than react. You know what an appropriate response may be? Give yourself a minute. Leave the room, you know? Don't drive off somewhere, but go to another area. Don't make a scene, you know? You'll be the impulsive one now. But give yourself a moment. Give yourself two. Make yourself busy, right? With young children, there's always something you can be picking up or chasing or doing, right? Be right there. (sighs) The Lord is my strength and my shield, and whom can be against me? You know, really start to think, what are the ways that I can remove myself so that I can respond when I'm dealing with an impulsive person. Another in of in-laws and family of origin, intense. Intense, you know? And intense doesn't have to necessarily be negative. Um, Probably people would think I'm an intense joy giant, you know? I mean, and that may be overly positive. You can actually be over-the-top positive. You know, and knowing how to connect with your audience, right? If you're dealing with maybe a depressed brother-in-law or father-in-law, getting up and, ah, I'm so glad you're here! Oh my gosh, so great to, how are you? It's like, they're like, you are an alien. Get away, right? And when you're in a group like this, there's just so much joy and intensity, like it's good. But you have to understand those dynamics of your family and is intense really what you need to bring to this particular interaction. Knowing those parts of yourself, being willing to, con- the goal would be to connect with your family rather than to control through your emotional presence or lack thereof. You see, ladies, control is an illusion. We don't have control. God is in control. When you get that call about health or wealth or things in the world that you just can't fathom, It's more and more as we see the day approaching, we're not in control, but we do have influence 
That's the good news. We have influence, and we can use that in a healthy way or an unhealthy way. But when we ever cross that line of thinking we have control or we can control family dynamics or a situation, now you can control a place card, okay, at the Thanksgiving table. And I would say you have healthy influence to put people where they need to be. But you're using that as influence, you're not in control, okay? And even if you put together a schedule, what usually happens when we do that? We're like, okay, we're gonna do this. I did this for Halloween because I was like, I had to have my rain plan, right? Because it was raining, right? That was hard. And it was like, okay, we're gonna bob for mini donuts. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be so fun. I got the little mini, I hung them everywhere. Then we're gonna carve pumpkins. Then, how much of that happened? Okay, we got the lid off the pumpkin. Then there was stuff all over the sunroom that I'm cleaning up later. The bobbing for donuts, they just ate all the donuts out of the bag, okay? I think we had one still hanging, and I have a puppy, and if a puppy eats one of those powdered donuts, okay, I'm going to the animal ER. So I'm like, this is not good. And so the plan foiled, right? But in my thinking, I'm like, well, this will help control chaos, right? And not that we all had a good time, and it all worked out, and they ended up going back out trick-or-treating, so few that helped. But one of the things we have to realize is, we can have a plan, but we have to surrender it to the Lord's plan, right? And when we realize that, we have that healthy influence and we can say, it was well, it was okay. It's like having every food known to man at Thanksgiving or at Christmas and then having gobs and pounds and things of leftovers that eventually you just give to neighbor, you give to everyone and then you just end up, you know, throwing it out because it goes bad, or freezing it, and then going, what is this? Oh yeah, this is stuffing from <laughs> Christmas Eve. You know, and thinking about that, like it's okay to over-prepare, it's okay to plan, but to surrender those plans to the Lordship of Christ. The good news when you do that, you're not disappointed, you're not discouraged when things don't go the way you thought they would. You can actually have contentment and embrace and say, look at what God did with the situation, and how he truly does work in all things for good. How about the indulgent in-law, right? Or the mother, let's go shopping, let's indulge ourselves, let's take the kids to cookies with Santa, let's make the Christmas list, let's make the Christmas cookies and they go over the top, right? I kind of think of this person, the indulgent one, as the hostess with the mostess. Everything seemingly looks perfect. Everything's there. Everything you could ever need. You're like, wow, this is like out of Southern Living Magazine. Amazing. Oftentimes, like I said with the Hallmark movies, how does that make us feel sometimes? Less than, right? You're always hosting. You're not coming over, okay? Because I, I don't want to compete, right? And really, the good news is, ladies, if we really get under, there's no competition. There's no competition, there's no competition in this room. There's no competition in Christ. We're all at equal footing at the foot of the cross. And when we can remember that and remind ourselves of that, then we can truly, as scripture says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. It's no longer a comparison. And with that indulgent person, speak to what's underneath that, whether it be the gift, speak to the giver. I love your heart. You're so kind and compassionate. Thank you. And also sometimes, no thank you. It's okay to say no thank you, and you should say no thank you to the indulgent mother-in-law or mother. 
okay? Because at some point, like I talked about with levels of information, you've done the shopping, you've done Christmas affair, Christmas at Caswell, Waller Creek preview party, you know, okay, here's some of the things in my life right now, okay, just, and then you're like, where are we now? We need something else to connect in. No, that's a lie from the pit of hell, okay? We need to relate just because we were created for it. Because you're my mother-in-law, and maybe making that a scent, that inside them, maybe I don't know, apart from events and luncheons and things, who you are. We've always been distracted with doing. Let's just live in being. Now remember, don't start this as like two-hour sessions, okay? This is like five minutes after a luncheon, okay? Indulge getting to know you, getting to know all about you in five minutes. And you know what you'll find with an indulgent in-law or mother or mother-in-law? They don't really wanna go deep. So hanging there for five minutes is like an eternity for them. They're like, you good? Okay, good. We'll see you soon, you know? But do it, linger there longer. It's amazing what a difference can be made in a relationship when you indulge that. The isolator, the loner, the victim. This is the person that pretty much all year, you don't, you know, you text here and there, you show pictures of the kids, you connect with their um, maybe prayer requests, things like that, but they pretty much live in isolation, but they come out. Uh, you think you're, they're coming out for the grandkids or the, or the relationship, they come for the food, you know, a lot of times, and they want a lot of leftovers too, send them home with everything. Um, when they're there, they're lamenting about things that are hard in their lives while they just, Live in isolation. <laughs> How's that hard? You know, but you have to reserve not judging, right? And love that isolator. Love that person who doesn't have community. You are their community. You're their community. You're their family. How can you love them and tolerate them? Because a lot of the times, the things coming out of their mouth aren't really likable things. But again, back to what I talked about earlier, like versus love, right? Love them there. How lonely is that to live in isolation? What a gift we have in community. When I found Jesus and I found church, I never would look back. And I love living connect, a connected life. Some people don't. Some people maybe in this room, it was hard for you to get here. It was hard for you to even tune in online. You're here. Praise God. Honoring that, connecting, the sharing and exchange of ideas, the sharing and exchange of a meal. When an isolator eats a TV dinner or a piece of bread in front of TV, five out of seven days a week, if not seven. So realizing that. They don't acknowledge that they don't like their lives. So no judgment. You're not coming in judgment like, oh, you need to join bridge club or what about that stained glass class or, you know, like all those things that would be great, but they're not doing. You have that great gym there. You moved here to connect. Okay, newsflash. If you move to a master plan community, whether you're retired or you're young and you're not a social person, living there isn't going to make you social, Okay. <laughs> you almost feel guiltier because you're like, man, I could be going to this event and this event and this for the kid. I'm doing nothing, okay? And it's okay, but you have to realize that even if someone is living in a place where they think this would be a great place for connection, they may not. So embrace those isolated people and work to connecting with them. 
sit by them longer, allow them to share what's going on with their health or their views of this, that, and the other, and then make yourself busy somewhere else, okay? Again, the five-minute rule still applies, whether it's an indulgent personality or an isolator, okay? Give yourself that space. Work on this. Encourage your spouses to do the same, because this isn't just you. You're one in Christ with your husband. And if you're not feeling the oneness, by faith it's there, and start having these conversations so that matches with your experience in his timing and for his glory. But be a team in that, because if you can feel a team in going into the holidays or really into Thursday, okay? What a difference that will make when you sense a team. I've got someone with me. God is for us. Who can be against us? My husband and I, were solid in this. We know when his mother comes, exactly what we're gonna do. We have a plan. We've talked about it. We've processed it. We've prayed. And of course, we've surrendered that plan. So if it goes totally ape, God's in control, okay? You give that person five minutes, 15 minutes later, you're like, Oh, wow, you know, where's the turkey? You know, you're like, just eating, just eat. You know, in that moment, I wanna give you permission for sweets, okay? Find the brittle, find the pralines, okay? This is your time, these are those holiday moments, you know? Think about that and just find something that will just, in that moment, be something you can focus on as you're not focusing on any toxicity in that relationship. And of course, before and after, always pray you know, and let the Lord renew you and remove that toxicity. So, the last in of in-laws, the incredible, okay? We have those people in our lives, you know? And all of these qualities of in-laws, every human being has them. We're all investigative, we can interrogate at times, we can isolate ourselves, and sometimes we need to. That whole personality dynamic of an introvert-extrovert, I've talked about this before, but it's how you renew. Maybe you renew in solitude. You need to isolate, and that's a healthy thing. You're an initiator. You wouldn't be here if you hadn't shown up and initiated coming. We've all indulged ourselves and indulged negative thinking of others. Honor that, accept that, but realize that all of our in-laws are incredible. All of our family of origins are incredible. God created us so uniquely. He wants to engage with his creation. He wants you to engage with one another and have incredible faith-filled relationships. There may be people in your family of origin or your in-laws that don't know Jesus. What an incredible gift we can offer each other to live in fellowship and harmony with one another. It doesn't mean it has to be super deep all the time. Sometimes this side of heaven, we may not go deep with certain people in our lives. Being willing to have contentment that that's okay. That God knows that if you're praying for someone to come to Christ, the best gift you can give them is love. Love covers a multitude of sins. God so loved the world that he would give his son that whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. Love, love. When you do that, you can see the incredible in the ordinary, and God make, can make things truly extraordinary. So how do we do this? How do we live this with all those ins and outs, <laughs> okay? We have to realize that we must keep in step with the Spirit, okay? Look what Scripture says, keep in step with the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. It's clear. 
When you do that, it's an if-then, okay? It's not one foot in and one foot out. You keep in step with the Spirit. The good news is, that's who you are. If you've made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ, you're in him. Now get to know him. Get to know him. Get to know the resources. Get to know the armor of God, the wardrobe of God in Colossians 3, okay? The Ephesians 6, the armor, thinking about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Get to know what are those unique nuances of what it looks like for me to keep in step with the Spirit. How does my personality align with my true identity in Christ? Linger there longer. Spend some time asking Father, who am I? First of all, you're a child of God. Okay, you're a child of God. Gotta get our order right, okay? Then, now, you're in covenant if you're married. I'm the wife of John David, okay? Then, I'm Dr. Nicole, I'm Nicole Fitzpatrick, okay? I'm also mother of Hudson and Caden. I'm also the daughter of Bobby Caldwell. I'm also the daughter-in-law of Velma Fitzpatrick. Okay, how far down is that on the list, right? It's about 60, my in-law connectivity. <laughs> when I'm getting ready for Thanksgiving or a holiday, where am I usually putting that? Where do we put it? We flip it up, right? We flip it up. And we lose our perspective, ladies. We forget our order. And I don't know about y'all, but this is a struggle for me. I'm a performer in renewal, and I'm a people pleaser in renewal, right? I like approval. I, I, I want y'all to feel encouraged and, and kind of want you to like me, but I understand I had to surrender that before I came, and um, I'm so glad Julie keeps inviting me back because that kind of helps me with my people pleasing, and I'm like, yay, I can't wait to be with Fearless Mom again. But all that to be said, I'm a people pleaser in renewal, right? But when I'm going into those events and things like that, things get out of order. And I start thinking about what other people are gonna think and what they're gonna want. I've never lost anything in who I am in Christ, but my actions aren't deliberately living in that space. And so I wanna encourage us all and have a vision for my holiday this season. And we're not traveling because we have a new puppy. If anyone follows me on Dr. Nicole on Instagram, you can see Adventures with Trooper. Right now it's Trooper the Pooper, okay? So I'm just being real. Puppies are, I mean, puppies, you know? They're gorgeous and fun and funny and great and poop. But anyway, um, all that to be said, we're staying in this year. Usually we go to California, we go, you know, but we're gonna be here because we have the puppy, right? We wanna really get through this phase so we can truly be done. Okay, and we're, we're almost there. It's definitely better than it was. But in that, we're giving ourselves permission to stay in, to not do, to not host. And it feels so good. And it's really in a, a divine alignment for me to really practice my order, right? And it doesn't matter. This for me is a reset year. But this is definitely possible if I were going to California or if I was going, um, if I were hosting for my in-laws, it would still be applicable. I think sometimes we think, well, I would have to stay home too for really to live with my order right. No, God called us to be in but not of the world, 
You can live as a child of God, regardless of where you are. You have the full armor of God with you wherever you go. And meditating on the scriptures, knowing what God's word says, will give you the answer you need in any given situation. So keeping in step with the spirit, remembering who you are in Christ, having a prayer team, having people pray, y'all. Your small groups, share the struggle. Take off the mask. Trust me, knowing that you're going into a holiday season or really any situation that potentially could be difficult, maybe it's a birthday party, maybe it's Valentine's Day, maybe it's New Year's Eve, maybe it's just your Thursday luncheon, whatever that is, if you need prayer support, knowing that someone's lifting you up, it's gonna make all the difference in how you feel, like that team I said, like with your husband, you're a team in that situation and you have that support to lift you up. Remember that. Once we do that, we really just have a newfound freedom. Pray about what is the vision you have for yourself for this holiday season. Not just what you want the table to look like or events you're hosting, but more, how do you wanna feel throughout it? Do you wanna sense God's peace? Do you wanna have more patience? Um, do you wanna give more to others? Do you wanna serve? You know, find a word, find a concept, a construct that you, not just for you, but you're one and then you're a family that you want your family to embrace. Because the best gift we can give in our legacy for ourselves and our loved ones is a legacy that is about loving God and serving others. And so the thing you can do this holiday season is remembering you're in Christ and living beyond yourself. That will allow you to have this incredible perspective with any of the ends of in-laws that we talked about and knowing that he that has begun a good work in you will fulfill it to completion in Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we are in you, that you truly have given us everything we need for life and godliness. So we say yes and amen to you today. Lord, we know when we keep in step with the spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And so Lord, thank you that we come into these next months fully equipped with your approval, with everything we need, and Lord, we will allow you to take care of the rest. Be glorified in our lives, in the families, in the marriages, in the friendships, in the in-law relationships that are represented here. And Lord, we will just give you all of the glory, honor, and praise for what you have in store. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.